We hope you enjoy this podcast. With over 100 books under his belt, Bill Vincent is a true master of the written word. His works are a treasure trove of knowledge and inspiration, available at all major bookstores and online platforms. So, don't miss out on the opportunity to expand your mind and be entertained. Pick up a book by Bill Vincent today. Hallelujah, she's out of practice. Hallelujah. Uh, but one thing I really believe that is, needs to be on this as a disclaimer is I'm not talking about things that are already going on. I'm talking about what God is getting ready to do. Hallelujah. Because I know when God gave me this title at first, I thought, my goodness. He said, I am sending many to upset things. Hallelujah. I'm like, well, my goodness, that's, that's the United States right now. Hallelujah. A lot of upset people. Hallelujah. But that's not what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. So don't take it out of context. But we are currently going through an act of purification. Whether we've liked it or not, during this time in the body of Christ, especially across America and the world, there has been a strong purification. How many have been to the end of the rope? And then you went a little farther. You're tired of sitting around. Some of us have had time to sit around like we never had before. My goodness. I mean, I love the family, but sometimes you, I mean, they're always there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're just, they're just now able to go out at all. Hallelujah. It's like, and don't get me wrong, that's good times, but at the same time, we all get kind of tired of it. But during this time, it's been cutting away our flesh. And that's how I responded. Hallelujah. But there's a purification and an awakening within the church. Scripture says in Daniel 2.22, he reveals the deep and secret things. He knows that it is in darkness and dwells with him. And the light dwells with him. I want you to think about another scripture, Psalms 85, 6, and 7. David's crying out for the mercies to sweep across the land. Will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you? Show us mercy, O Lord, and grant us your deliverance. God said in the midst of this time, there has never been more crying out from the body of Christ. Come on. Hallelujah. It has never been more of a crying out from the body of Christ. And this is a key to divine turnaround for the body of Christ and for the church. See, I don't want to come back to church and just have a couple meetings. I don't want to just come have church. I want God to come so strong that every person who comes gets set free, delivered, and set on fire. Why? Because we've been out for long enough, and I want to come back and have something different. And I heard by the Spirit of God that if churches just go back to usual and just do as they've always done, then they will be done. God is looking for people who are going to flip things upside down. He's looking for people like Jesus that's going to walk into the church and turn the tables over and say, come on, we need to have God in the house. It's got to get back to God in the house. Who cares who else is in the house as long as God shows up? Amen. Amen. Oh, sorry, I was giving my own amens. Hallelujah. 
See, submitting to the purification process is making room for a fresh wind. See, sometimes you just got to accept it. When you're going through something and it's kind of rubbing your flesh the wrong way, just take it. Just take it. Just receive it. Does that mean you won't complain along the way? Nobody here ever complains, right? Right, right? See, we want the Spirit to have His own way. See, I believe this is the time where we need to say, God, have your way. But when He begins to have His way, look out. He's going to take all your little stuff out of your way. Might cut off a friendship or two. Hallelujah. Might cause your show to go off the air. Oh, sorry. Hallelujah. That was just extra. God says the cleansing of gatherings. See, there's a hedge to remain under an apostolic covering for accountability and purpose, for preventing financial jeopardy. See, in the midst of everything going on, there's so many people out of work, there's so many people out of jobs and out of the, the, the income that they normally have. But I want you to know, in the midst of that, God can provide and open doors for you. Come on, he can cause money to come into your hands. There's times we've been blessed and we didn't know why we was being blessed. First Corinthians eleven twenty two it says this I do not praise you. You have come together not for the better, but for the worse. You say, What's going on with this scripture? This is what it was going on. Paul was exhorting the people of the Corinthian church. Because of their abuse of gathering together through a carnal mindset, while being private to operation and from the flesh. In other words, they were just having church. They weren't having God church. How many people do you believe today are just coming together and just gathering? God says, I don't want just another gathering. I want people to gather in my name. Where two or more are gathered together in my name, I'm in there. I'm in the midst of them. And we need to have that gathering in him. See, God wants us to understand that Paul warned those being ignited through an Acts chapter 2 move of the Spirit to be aware that there was a form of godliness, but they were denying the power. See, so many people are just gathering together week after week after week. But let me tell you, they keep leaving the same way they came, and that's not what God intended. If we've ever needed before a revival move of God in America, it is right now. I mean a move of God that has no borders, has no boundaries, that you don't even know what kind of revival it is. They're going to be like, well, it's that kind of revival or it's that kind of revival. No, it's just a revival. 
Because anything and everything that could be in that revival was in that revival. Even sinners. Why? Because they are going to be looking for answers in the same days ahead. And they're going to be crying out saying, oh, I just need to find my way. And they're going to need somewhere to go. And there's all kinds of false leaders out here that are trying to lead them. But we need godly people with revival in their bones. See, Paul also rebuked the people for gathering together in a public meeting. And I like to say this, and hopefully everybody understands. And they were like cliques. How many have ever been with like, like just a, a group of people that just kind of clicked together? You just click. Doesn't mean you're doing any good with it. Hallelujah. How many have ever been saved for a while? <laughs> God help us. Hallelujah. How many have ever been saved for a while and then ran into somebody you actually knew when you were a sinner? And it's like you, you, just, you just have a bad click with them. I mean, you might, you talk to them like, like you never left the world. Yeah, that's right, man. What's up? You know, you know, you start getting into it's like it's like something came out of you. It's like, well, wait a minute. I'm not that way anymore. See, you can click together in church, but if it's without the Spirit of God, it's just church. Come on, if there could be another title for this sermon, I don't want to just do church. Come on. See, a move of the Spirit through, uh, through the house of churches gathering together is to ignite a fire of revival and outpouring during perilous days. Every time there's been a move of God that's been big in America, it's usually during some kind of recession, some kind of low time, during some time of battle. If there was ever a prime time, it's right now. A revival needs to come out of this or we have been quarantined too long. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. We either need to have revival come out of what God has been doing on the inside of us or we might as well just be throwing ourselves away. Church either turns into revival or it's just not going to be good anymore. Why? Because we can't do it with the old stale crackers we've been feeding each other for years and years and years. We need fresh rhema word. I don't want just another pat on my head sermon. Beware of the wolves. Oh, here we go. That mingled among them. Come on. Who were dressed in counterfeit clothing. Every time there's a move of God, wolves show up. Every time something good starts happening, a wolf shows up. Sometimes you might be looking for a, for a guy in your life that's going to sweep you off your feet, and a wolf shows up. Just saying. That's for somebody. Hallelujah. You don't want any wolves. 
See, sometimes a counterfeit tries to show up and they're dressed to look like the thing that, that, that we want in, in the church, but it's not. See, God's wanting to move in a powerful way, and there's going to be people come in to try to contaminate it. How many know there's so much contamination? Hallelujah. There's so much contamination. All it takes is a couple to spoil the whole vine. All it takes is a couple people that just don't have anything going good in their life, and it can spoil the whole vine. In the midst of what God's about to do, release a revival that we've never seen before. The wealth of the wicked being poured out upon the righteous. Being watchful for the motives from those coming with personality and selfish <laughs> gain. See, God's going to release wealth of the wicked and it's going to be released. It's already been laid up for the righteous. God's going to supply supernaturally for the body of Christ. Cause financial miracles. But there's also going to be those that are going to come in with sheep's clothing. And they're going to try just to be a part. And they're going to be wolves to take away the game. So this is a time we need to move of God. This is a time when we need everything popping. But at the same time we need to guard and protect ourselves. That's why we need to seek holiness. Nothing more. A devil doesn't like anything to do with holiness. You try to get the church to turn into having holiness in their church and their repentance. And there's, there's oh man, the wolf won't know how to do that. There's a remnant rising right now. And as I said in the beginning of the sermon, many are still the remnant. A move of the Spirit. This is a great harvest of souls that is coming. There is a great harvest of souls coming. People need saved. Every, every color, every creed, every generation needs saved right now before it's too late. Watch and pray. Stay aligned. And listen to the sound of the Spirit moving. There's a sound, according to the Scripture, like the sound of the mulberry trees. When you hear that sound, it's time to advance. Well, let me tell you something. The sound of the mulberry trees is already announced. It's time to advance. We've got to advance. You can't have it the way it used to be. You can't be the way you used to be. It's going to be different than it's ever been. And whether you like it or not, this has been a purification season. No matter how much of this you've had to lock yourself away, I'm telling you it's been cutting and chipping off. Even if you didn't want it, it was chipping things off. Hallelujah. Chop, chop, cherry oak. Hallelujah. 
Sometimes I feel like I'm in one of those choppers that's on TV late at night. You know, there's, they, I don't know why they sell stuff like 2 o'clock in the morning. Anybody remember that? You, you just, you're tired, you get home late or whatever, you turn on TV and there's always something like a chopper, you know, or, or, or a steam cooker or, you know, or something that'll make bread while it flies across the room. I mean, you know, something neat, hallelujah, and you're like, oh, I'd like to have that. And then you fall asleep before you find out how much and where's it anyway. But sometimes I feel like I'm in that little chopper. Hallelujah. Every time I, I start to think I'm doing okay, all of a sudden it's like I just get put in there, chop, chop. It's like, man, I thought I was doing pretty good, God. How many of you ever tried to tell God that you were doing better than he, he was referring to you? It's like, God, I'm doing all right. Chop, chop. What? What was that for? And if you're married or got somebody special in your life and you think you're doing pretty good, just ask them. They'll tell you. They'll tell you up. Hallelujah. If I ever want to be humble, I just say, honey, uh, how, how am I doing? Is there anything in my life? Man, I, it... There goes my day. Hallelujah. My day is done right there. She just went. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you need to, you want some self-chopping, self-discipline? Just say, honey, it'll work. Hallelujah. But just remember, you've got to forgive them after they do it. Hallelujah. Because you asked for it. Hallelujah. So, in the beginning of this sermon, God gave me the title, I am sending many things to upset things. I'm sending many to upset things. Here's the definition of that. To spoil a plan or disturb the status quo. God is sending many to spoil plans and the status quo. Hallelujah. You ha Let's get into this for a minute. Sometimes we want our pastor to change. We want the pastor to get on fire. We're like, man, if my pastor would just get on fire. You know what changes the pastor sometimes? The body of Christ. If you come into church on fire, hungry, and desperate, you'll pull things out of him or out of her that you've never been able to see before. Come on. You want them to get on fire for God and you want them to press in more? You want them to get deeper? Then stop being dead. Come on. Get excited about every word that comes out of their mouth. Start amening sometimes. Start drawing forth what they are releasing and take everything they got. So that every time they get back in the pulpit, they're going to have to give you some more. Come on. They're going to have to give you fresh. Why? Because they ran out last time. Come on. That's what kind of pastoring we need right now. We need pastors that run out of gas every week. Come on. We want pastors that run out every week. They preach so hard that when they're done, they're like, oh, man, where's the burger? Hallelujah. Come on. There's something about eating after church. 
I don't know, it's like anointing. You can have a great service and you go to a restaurant afterwards, you had church again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We already had dinner, so calm down. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. See, Jesus was a type of man I'm talking about that spoiled plans and disturbed the status quo. Come on. And I'm not just talking about Jesus, Son of God. I'm talking about Jesus, Son of God, manifested in the flesh. He did some spoiling of plans. But let's go on to another part of this. John the Baptist messed some people up. Hallelujah. See, sometimes just doing it the same way and just being proper all the time, never stirring or rocking the boat, we're never going to get to that next place. See, Jesus, John the Baptist, and many apostles were known for turning the world upside down and advocating for change to advance the kingdom of God. Do we need the kingdom of God advance right now? Oh, yeah. And why do we have to wait for anybody else when we can begin to do it? See, a group of crucial kingdom shifters, that's what we are. See, sometimes the pastor might be preaching for a little bit and he just needs to shift and you're the shifter. Come on, you might be drawing things out of him and saying amen, yes, that feels good. And, and as you are really tapping into what he's preaching, you'll help him shift. Come on. And I believe every church service should at least get up to fifth gear. Hallelujah. By the way, that's the highest gear that we're talking about. But I'm telling you, they shift because they're being pulled from this way. Then all of a sudden they preach for a little bit longer and they get, whoa, there's another one. Hallelujah. Now we're up to about 50 miles an hour. Come on. Oh, yeah, now we're speeding. Hallelujah. We're going to get a ticket in this service. Come on. And by the end of it, he's off the ground and hopping hallelujah, on one leg. What's happened there? He's in the final gear. Hallelujah. He's going to make you forget about your pressure cooker at home. Hallelujah. When I was pastor and I used to tell my church, I said, oh, don't worry. If you've got a crock pot at home, the fire department puts it out for free. Bad, bad joke. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, I did have one member go home and their house was burnt down, but they didn't blame me. Just hallelujah. See, we need to be kingdom shifters. Anointed to disrupt the status quo. Do you like to be like everybody else? Hallelujah. Do you want to stick out a little bit? Could you imagine if we all had the same hair, the same clothes? Come on. Everyone, everyone in the world, come on. We all had some type of the same. No uniqueness. All the same personalities. See, there's something in you that makes you unique. And God wants to use you to mess up some status quo. 
Hallelujah. Sometimes it's okay to have religious people want to put you out. Hallelujah. I used to hate anything that was out of the order. I used to hate anything that was out of order at all. If somebody started dancing in church, their pants needed to be on fire. Hallelujah. I mean, I just didn't. I, it was like, oh, no. Every time somebody started doing something that was contrary to my understanding and my belief, I would start binding it. I rebuked that in Jesus' name. Command that demon come out of him right now. See, that's the thing. When it comes to the things of God, you, gotta, you have to get to the place sometimes to say, God, prove me wrong. Take me out of this. When certain things started happening in my church once, I didn't believe in them. Signs and wonders were happening. People were getting miracles. I'm like, wait a minute. So I started getting scripture out, and I said, God, you're going to have to prove it to me. Hallelujah. I didn't want somebody to tell me. I didn't want to look up YouTube video. I didn't want anybody else. I just wanted to find out for myself. Hallelujah. And I kept finding out and kept finding out and kept finding out and came out a whole different man. Hallelujah. Why? Because I found out the truth is God is in the business of miracles, signs, and wonders. He did it then. He'll do it now. He'll do it tomorrow. And he's going to do it in the revival that God is breaking out because the body of Christ is going to be anointed to disrupt the status quo. We are sent to awaken a new decade for heralding a fresh move of God. We need a fresh move of God. That when they see it, they'll be like, I think it's revival. But it's not like this guy. Well, I don't care. It's, it's, it just might be revival. But it's not like anything I've ever seen. Who's the speaker? I really don't know. Some guy talks for a while and he doesn't introduce himself. He doesn't put a sign up and doesn't have anything on the trunk. People just start getting healed and set free. Who's praying for him? No one. What do you mean nobody's praying for him? You can't do that. People falling in the seat? Yeah, they're just falling in the seat. You say, why am I saying it like this? Why? Because it's going to begin to cause people to get set free and delivered and no man on earth is going to get credit. I'm saying this for a reason. We're going to have a move of God where people are going to come. Now, don't get me wrong. There might be a certain ministry or a certain church, but they're not even going to get credit. Why? Because the hand of God is just going to come down. And people are going to start getting set free, set, get delivered. You know, there's times when people went to a meeting in Amy Simple McPherson's. A woman of God who had miracles, signs, and wonders. And they would just sit in that service and the presence of God would come so strong that they would learn unknown languages. Could you imagine sitting through a service and all of a sudden knowing Russian, Russian language fluently? Because God called you to Russia. You just walk out speaking Russian. It's like, what, what, what? I went to church. I went to church and came out Russian because I was called to Russia. Thank God I ain't never been called there. But no, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. But there's, and imagine being filled with the Spirit so much that you know language like Spanish. 
Just all of a sudden, you know it all. More than you learned in school. Hallelujah. I took French in school. I couldn't tell you that much right now. Hallelujah. 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 I got people over here, years of Spanish. They're not going to be writing a book in Spanish anytime soon. Hallelujah. But they're very smart. Hallelujah. I blame the teaching. Okay, there you go. But could you imagine just getting filled like that? Knowing what country you're being called to, filled with the language and every bit of it, to where you could speak it fluently. You say, oh, God can't do something like that. See, that's the problem. People put God in a box, trying to put God in a box and a man. Putting God in a box and a man. Trying to put God in a box and a man. Well, guess what? There's going to come a day, hallelujah, to where just now we just had a short time where we wasn't able to have church. We just had a short time where we were able to come together. And there's going to come a time, the Bible says, where we're not going to be able to have church as usual. You're not going to be able to just come together. Why? Because there's going to be an end of the world type of thing taking place. And we're going to need to know who our God is and who we are. And we're going to be able to change the status quo by just being anointed men and women of God and not being able to be led or, or, or told what to do. We're just going to know who we are. And I believe that's why it's so important for the millennials right now to rise up as children of God. Why? Because I believe they're supposed to be the most anointed generation of all times. Hallelujah. That includes you guys. Just so you know. We're supposed to spoil the plans of the enemy. How many know the devil's got some plans? Oh, he got so many plans. He got so, he got so many plans, he's trying to overlap them right now. Hallelujah. He's just laughing. He goes, I'm just going to mess everything up at once so they don't know it's me. What? Spoil the plans of the enemy. See, God's going to raise up anointed men and women of God that's going to know who they are, know who their God is, and they're going to be turning the world upside down, and they're going to spoil every plan the devil has. Isaiah expresses uh, the same sentiment when he came face to face to God and he heard voice in the glory realm. Isaiah encountered with God and transformed the way the prophet viewed himself. His unreserved commissioning prophet, he responded to the Lord's question, whom shall I send? And spontaneously he responded, Here am I. Send me. See, this generation, thus many people, remnant of the body of Christ that God's raised up in this hour, Needs to be much like Isaiah. Here I am, God. Send me. 
especially some people in this room, you probably, you're a detailed person. You're like, yeah, God send me, but where am I going? Am I going to get a first class ticket? Am I going where it's hot? Because I don't like hot. You're going to be too cold? I really don't like that. That's just too cold. Is it going to be Alaska? Because they don't have enough daylight. Where are you sending me? We want to know all the details. We need to have a heart after God right now. Here I am, God. Send me. Just send me. You know, that's upsetting things. That it is not only being a voice of reformation, but it changed to the religious system. We have a religious system right now. And it's all out of whack. God never meant for there just to be one pastor and a body of Christ. He wanted the five-fold ministry flowing within the body of Christ. And he wanted us to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that you can stand and be able to prophesy the word of the Lord. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Miracles. Come on, miracles, signs, and wonders. Get ready for this type of understanding. Get ready for this upsetting things. We've got to upset it a little bit. Otherwise, it just stays the same way. We can't stay the same way anymore. Instead, upsetting things is an intentional yielding to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Whatever, however, whenever the occasion requires it. I know when I was young in the things of God, he would tell people to do things that would just seem strange. Just seemed strange. But it would be right in the order of the service. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying when the pastor's preaching that you just start hooping and hollering and dancing on the chair. Come on. Hallelujah. The pastor going to show you fivefold right now. Anyway, but I am telling you, there was a time where somebody was told to go, go to the corner and jump up and down on one leg. Come on, it was worship. Go in the corner and jump it down, jump up and down on one leg. And they didn't even question why. They just said, okay. Just went off to the corner. Hallelujah. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Just think of some of your stuffiest Christians you know. Just imagine for a minute if they just walked up to a corner and just started hopping on one leg. I knew a guy, I'm I'm going to tell you the answers to some of these crazy things in a minute. I knew a guy, he he just started high-fiving nobody. Come on, it was worship and he just started going like this. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And he was having a good time. He looked like he was whoop-boo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Huh. 
think I'll just stay with those two. That's enough. Well, the high-fiver, he was high-fiving an angel. And every time he high-fived the angel, somebody else in the crowd got healed. Toward the end of the service, we found out how it was connected. Because people were like, every time he went like that, all of a sudden my back stopped hurting. He did it again, and then all of a sudden somebody else was like, I, I, my dry eye socket just started having water come out of it for the first time in months. The hopping on one leg, there was somebody in the service that was crying out to God. They said, I'm not getting saved unless you cause that man right there to go up and hop on one leg. Come on. Don't dare God. Don't put something in God's arena and say, oh, if this guy does it, I'll do that. Because guess what? He might just cause somebody to do something. And what I mean is we are about to have so many upsetting things happening in the body of Christ. And like I said, it's not going to be out of order of the church service. But it's going to be things that's going to upset things of normality. See, everybody wants a move of God until they start having their church rolling in the floor. Then they're like, oh, I want a move of God. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't want that kind of move of God. See, it's most likely going to leave some feeling out of sorts. Because paradigm is a quick shift. When you shift, a paradigm shift is a very quick turn. Hallelujah. It's very quick. When I heard the Lord say that I'm sending many to upset things, it was a remnant of bold, courageous, Saints of God. They were going to be able to pull down, uproot, tear down, destroy the works of the devil and the works of dead religion, false idols, unholy religious practices, and errors in the church. This act is a cleansing and purification that's, that is leaving room to usher in a move of God. <laughs> I've been in some services where the, when it ends, I'm wrecked. You know, like somebody needs to carry me to the car. I mean... Hallelujah. Speaking of being carried. But see, that's what God's wanting. He's wanting us to have church so much to where we're a little bit wrecked. Come on. Like, whew. Awesome church. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, we have some church up in there today. Come on. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have some church. 
And I remember there were times I couldn't even leave a service. There were times I'd leave the service and go to bed. There was one time I remember I had to be almost carried into a car. Good times. I say it's about time to get back to the good times. To leave us undone, wrecked, <laughs> to where our flesh is like, come on, man, I'm done. Hallelujah. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You might have played sports. How many have ever played sports in your life vibrating up the court? Hallelujah. Might be playing volleyball and your hands like shaking. I've hit it so many times. Come on. When it comes to the things of God, just imagine for a moment that you just give it everything you got in every service to where you're just worshiping Him the way you worship. And it doesn't mean you're always loud. It doesn't mean you're always obnoxious and trying to be above everybody else. It just means you're going beyond anything you've ever done before. And because you are, you are just overwhelming your own flesh. See, real revival, we should die every week. Come on. See, we're going to have many moves of God upsetting things, and our favor will be from the Lord. The Lord's going to give favor upon those who rock the house of God. See, the most unlikely common uncommon acts of God are set to position and they are, are, are all fields of society for putting God on display through his people and through his church. And God's going to upset everything. I said God's about to upset some stuff. I said God's about to upset some stuff. And the most God-ordained way is ready to make space and usher in what God intends despite man. See, there's a shake-up call of God coming. God's about to shake it up. Imagine for a minute. You all know what the process of a milkshake is, right? You're not just going to put a little milk in there and a little ice and, you know, a little ice cream or something. You're just going to think, that's good enough. No, you got to shake that thing. you got to mix it up. God want, God's wanting to mix it up. We have dead religion. Come on. Dead religion. We have people that go to church just to go to church. We have 100% sinners. I mean, they don't even hide it. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? You, you got sinners and you got sinners that go to church and try not to sin, and then you got sinners that go to church because they sin and they just sin some more. Hallelujah. I have, I, I, I have some family that are sinners like that. I mean, we, I remember when I was, I was still in the world and we'd be, you could still smell the alcohol in the room and you just couldn't hardly get up off the floor. And they're like, getting dressed up and I was like what are you what are you what are you doing they said we're going to church I said after what we did last night you're going where you can't do that 
They're like, no, I'm the Bible school teacher for Sunday school. I'm like, you're what? I used to think, my goodness, something is wrong with this. How many know when you get set free and delivered and you start popping in church and upsetting things, you're going to cause that person to come to church and not just come to church and fake it, but they're going to come to church, get set on fire, and know who their God is. We need to have a change. Hallelujah. We should not have Sunday school being taught by somebody still drunk. Come on, there was an amen somewhere. Just be thankful I'm not preaching at your church. Hallelujah. See, God's seeking holiness in this time. The church is positioned to experience continued shaking. God's preparing us to be undone. Some of you know what I'm talking about, about undone. How many have ever fallen in the spirit? I remember we had a revival one time and people tried to fall in the spirit and keep their hair perfect. Be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's it, brother. <laughs> Come on now. You gotta let it fall out. Come on, you can pick it up later. Hallelujah. Come on, when you get slain in the spirit, I mean under the power of God, you have no control of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some people worry about covering up themselves on the way down. <sighs> well, put better clothes on so you can be slain in the spirit. Hallelujah. I'm not joking. Hallelujah. Come on. I remember one time a pastor said, he said, we're going to have a Holy Ghost service. Bring your sweatpants and your sweatshirts. That way we could just knock you down everywhere. A lot of people got offended by that. I thought it was awesome. He said, we want to get so hit with the power of God in the next service to where we don't need anybody to cover us up with a little prayer shawl. We don't need any cloths put over you to keep you proper. We just want to be able to fall out in the spirit, however, wherever, whatever, and we'll just pick up the pieces later. That was a move of God that had no structure. And when we came together, we just started worshiping God, started laying hands on people. Leaders were praying for people. People started getting set free and delivered. People falling out of their seats. It was chaos. But it was a God chaos. See, God's bringing a fresh awakening. Get ready to upset things through the mercies of God. What man imagined you'd never do, God has made a way for you to cry out and say, okay. Here I am. Send me. 1 Peter 1, 5, or that's wrong. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16. Hallelujah. I'm editing my sermon as I'm preaching it. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. As he has called you is holy, so be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. See, God's wanting to move of God. 
A holy move of God means all your agendas out of the way. All your structure is out of the way. It's like, just show up. How long has it been for you to have such a hunger and a desperation to say, God, I can't wait to get to the next service because I don't know what's going to happen. God says, I want to get us back to that place to where we're so desperate when we show up every time we show up. There's something going to happen to where even people in the world are going to be like, I got to see that. I got to see that. Think about the days of Smith Wigglesworth. He'd have people come in with cancer and punch them in the stomach. Could you imagine? Could you imagine God? Could you imagine a man of God showing up at your church and being like calling up a sister on the front and saying, here, bam. Could you imagine? People would be tackling them like, get off of her. Because it was upsetting things. But when people got up and the cancer was gone, come on. So I said, when people got up and the cancer was gone, there's something about stepping outside the boat. Come on. Sometimes you don't even realize what you can do until you start upsetting something that you normally would do. And here's a fact in closing. When I said many are going to upset some things, you know what the most often thing that you're going to be upsetting? Yourself. Because you're going to do things that's going to make you feel nervous. Come on. I remember God one time, he had me make this, we used to make flyers for our services I said, we're having a miracle crusade and every person who comes will be healed. I was like, what, who, who? I, I was like, every person, I mean, I don't know who's coming. They bring a dead person in there. I don't know. How would I know? I put, on the, I put it on there though. I, put, I, I couldn't even blame somebody. I, I was the one that made it. And then I had a service before that, and I advertised it again. I spoke it out. I said, God already said every person that comes is going to be healed. I was like, why do you keep opening your mouth? Hallelujah. Why would I say that? At this time, I probably prayed for maybe 10 people, and they were healed. 10 people probably got healed up to this point, maybe 10. And most of those were through a prophetic word. I was like, how, how, how? Who's going to show up? I remember whenever I was sitting there, people were coming in with these big hearing aids that looked like antennas. I was like, oh, Jesus. Come on. I had a suit on, so I looked professional back then. Hallelujah. I remember walking back and forth, like all, looking all confident, and then I'd look away from them, and I'd be like, And I remember that night, there were some people that come up and they said, oh, I have back problem. I laid hands on them. I said, is it gone? They said, uh, yeah. And then I lay hands on another one. And they say, it's not gone. And one of them 
God told me it was a lion. So I lay hands on my gear and I said, this time it's gone. He goes, okay. I remember there was just so much I was doing, but you got to remember, I'm still looking at people with big giant hearing aids. You know, I'm looking at, and there was several in the room and I I was thinking, oh my goodness, God, what are we going to do? All of a sudden I stopped the service and I said, any person that can't hear out of one ear or both ears need to come up right now. Had a girl come up, I've said this story before, but she came up and she was totally deaf. And I just said, I just tried to give her a mini sermon. Come on, I needed some help. Hallelujah. I was trying to give her a mini sermon. I'm like, you know, if Jesus was here right now and laid hands on you, would you be healed? She goes, yo. You know, she could read lips or something. And I said, okay. I said, so Jesus is on the other side of me and I'm going to lay hands on you. So do you believe you're going to be healed? She goes, okay. I'm like, all right, she's with me. Hallelujah. Now all I need is a big miracle. Hallelujah. Come on, you got to realize I barely prayed for anybody. And all of a sudden I got this big mountain right in front of me. It's not me, it's him. Come on, that's the thing we always forget. And I said, all right, and I was just mustering it up. I mean, I was like getting, you know, like we were going to fight for a minute. You know, I was like, come on, all right, here we go. You know, I was going to, you know, I thought I had to have a certain, hallelujah. I wasn't even up there yet. And she goes, I can hear. I go, huh? She goes, I can hear. And I literally had her turn around, cover up ears. One after, uh, and then the other, and I whispered in her ear, and she could hear every word I said. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. That little service of about 100 people, every person got healed that night. Because let me tell you something. When that woman got healed, there was nobody, but nobody, nobody, not even people that didn't believe in the house that didn't get a healing after that. Come on, they saw this woman all of a sudden healed and she acted like it was no big deal. She's like, oh, good, hey. People with her, like she hadn't heard anything since birth. Come on. And all of a sudden, God just began to cause things to happen and she could hear like a noise or a ting or a whistle, you know, with the hearing things. She could hear, you know, sound just enough to keep her from getting hit by a car. But after that day, she could hear words and understood you. I'm telling you, it upset me. Come on. That's what I mean. God's about to do something that's going to cause many to upset some things. And some of the things that's going to be upset is your flesh. <laughs> I got so many words I think I need to give tonight. It's going to upset you or maybe just a little bit. It's going to be a good thing, though. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. But I just feel led right now, as I close this, I'm going to pray for our nation. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing, and I ask God that you begin to cause a hedge of protection around everybody in this world, especially America. And right now that you cause things that are evil agendas to be stopped, anything that is good to be rise, rising up in this hour to call safety among everyone. In Jesus' name, no more lives lost, no more wounds, no more physical attacks. 
Lord, cause things to come into normality right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, that you break off every, every, everything that is not of God in America. In Jesus' name. In every person. In Jesus' name. Because it's not about any other agenda other than, God, you said revival is going to hit America. So that's the only agenda we need to be worried about at this time. And a revival for everyone. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Welcome to the end of this informative podcast. We hope you found it enjoyable and enlightening. With over 100 books under his belt, Bill Vincent is a true master of the written word. His works are a treasure trove of knowledge and inspiration, available at all major bookstores and online platforms. So, don't miss out on the opportunity to expand your mind and be entertained. Pick up a book by Bill Vincent today.